I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I am Jeff Bell at for whom Jay Bell tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. I do this day in and day out. All night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Yeah. They talking junk. So you know we got to put in the sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in and day like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Roy Al, and I'm going to let Jeff take it away today. He's going to let us know what we're doing today and what the show. So yeah, so what we're going to do today is we're going to do a Superflex mock draft, and you're seeing Superflex mock drafts from everybody right now in the space in the industry. That's fantastic. You know, we're getting ready for rookie season. It's fun content to do. Ours is going to have a little bit of a twist. So what we're going to do, I borrowed from my friends over at Dynasty Trade Calculator. Shout out Bob Gilchrist. Shout out to the gang over there. I pulled their values in their trade calculator. And what we're going to do is when we make the pick, we're going to look at it. We're going to say, would we rather have this player or would we rather have the player that is similarly valued in Dynasty Trade Calculator? And we're going to try to give you a little bit of actionable content on would we be moving these picks off for veterans and what it would be the value that you should look for in veterans with these picks. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think it's good because everybody can do a mock, but what can we do to help you trade? And I think there's, and especially in this class, there's some unknowns and we'll just walk you through it and we'll, we'll go into it and we'll go over there. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to do a, a mock a little bit different. We'll just be talking you through it there and going through it. I say, let's give Christian the one-on-one. Let's give him the hard one, and then he can. We'll go from there. We'll get Christian one-on-one. We'll give Jeff the one-on-two. I'll take the one-on-three. I hate this a lot. So, <laughs> uh, so the one-on-one. Th- this is where Jeff's little twist is going to be really, really interesting to me because the one-on-one this year is uh, more of a dart throw than than ever before at the quarterback position. Now, this is also this is superflex as this is what we play. We play superflex. Yeah. And so quarterbacks uh, are, are obviously going to be propped up in value. You guys know my take that Desmond Ritter, I think, is rated higher than Malik Willis uh, in my scale. And then also for fantasy, they both hit some some key uh, fantasy-relevant things that would make me believe that Ritter with first-round capital or second-round capital is better than Malik Willis with first-round capital. Um but you know what? I don't feel like getting canceled. You know, I, I just don't feel like doing it. And so I'm just going to take Brees Hall because I think that's safer. Brees to me is the clear RB1. I know there's been a lot of debate on if there's a, a, a tier break with him or if it's with Kenneth Walker. But Brees to me, uh, just showing the athleticism, that was like the final box to, to check for me. I'll take him one on one. I don't like it, though. 
Okay. Would you rather have Brees Hall or DK Metcalf? Oh man, that's even worse. Um, uh, so with the uncertainty with DK's future, um, still, still DK, I think, I think I still go DK. Okay. So my, my pick is up next with the one Oh two. And I think that we're pretty clear in this class right now, as it's sitting generally consensus said, there's a clear top two. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Malik Willis with this pick being in the super flex. And I know Christian, I respect your opinion. You know, you know that I'm the foremost Desmond Ritter truther, um, but I still have Malik Willis as number one in my fantasy rankings. And the value that he is sharing is with Cooper cup and, that is a difficult conversation decision for me because I'm going to always lean the way I play Superflex. I lean towards getting the elite quarterbacks and I would probably prefer to roll the dice on these quarterbacks. And the reality is if I'm a team that has earned the 102, I don't really consider myself in position to put Cooper Cup on my roster. Now, if I'm a team that has traded up for the 102 and I feel very comfortable for at my quarterback spots and i'm in a contending window then i would probably go ahead and and go with cooper cup but i'm going to take malik willis at this pick yeah you know what i i kind of screwed myself because i gave myself the hard one which is actually the 103 because um you know i think that there's going to go a little different ways here this is a ritter safe show by the way we are ritter fans uh, so everybody out there listening you should know that about us i'm not going ritter here and I have to go with my guy, Garrett Wilson. So I'm going to take Garrett Wilson at the 103. And I know when you're on the board and you're looking at where everybody's going, I know London's talk like that. I know his pro day got moved or his testing got moved. You have Burks, uh, everybody on the board there. I'm still going Garrett Wilson. I'm just going to stick with my board that I've had pretty much consistently for the year. Uh, and I don't think anything has changed for me based on his testing and all that. I guess he jumps a little high on his on his stuff in the combine and people are upset about that. Would you rather yeah. have Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore? Garrett Wilson, easily. I'm not an Elijah Moore guy. I'm just not. Yeah. That's I, I agree there. Um I also I just want to shout out Jeff. The to think of it as if you've earned the 102, uh, and that's how you approach that, that's that's a really good way of putting that. That's super helpful, I think, to the people watching. So you're good at what you do. So are you, Kevin. Um, okay. Well, but, that's our but, one compliment for Jeff today. Okay? I know, I know. I, I had one. It's been a while, I feel like, so we had to we had to give him one. Um, 104 here, and so I debated Desmond Ritter at the 101. I feel like it would be irresponsible of me to not take him at the 104. But also, I know there's a difference between fantasy and real life. What we've done with these quarterbacks is we have propped them up and made them into things that I don't think they are. And the safe pick here to me is to not go Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, and thinking of it the way Jeff did, if I earn the 104, you know, I might do that. I might take that risk. Uh, but also I'm, I'm going to take Drake London. Drake London's my wide receiver one. I think while people don't think that he's a very safe pick, I think he absolutely is. I think he wins all over the field. I think he can win, uh, literally at, at three different levels. He can separate guys and he's really good after the catch. I don't care what people are saying on Twitter. Uh, I'm going Drake London 104. All right, so would you rather have Drake London or Amari Cooper? Drake London. Yeah, I I agree. And Drake London is very low in these ranks. And I've seen it in practical action when I've been in drafts. You know, I've seen Drake London. I've... 
you know, I talked to you guys yesterday that I feel like he's, if I see it in the testing and then we see it with the draft capital, I'd probably put him at 103. And I've been Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one the entire time. But looking at where I've seen practical application in drafts, people are too low on Drake London. And, and this ranking kind of reflects that. And that's a buying opportunity that if you've already done your drafts or if you're in a Debbie league and people are still kind of cautious on Drake London on what his athleticism is going to be, that is a player that I would target and try to buy right now because we know if, if he runs a fast time, he could be the first wide receiver in the draft. If he goes top 10, we're going to be having a completely different conversation in a couple of weeks about Drake London than largely consensus is right now. And I think a lot of it's ha- we have them at 10, right? Like I think some people think they can get drafted at 10, like to the jets or wherever yeah, that yeah. case may be. And if he does, yeah, I had him at one Oh four in my last mock. I mean, in terms of super flex, I think he's right there. I, I, I don't see, I don't see the concerns that he's a risky pick. I actually think he's a safe pick. Yeah. All right, so that puts me on the clock, and that's going to put me – I'm going to go with Traylon Burks here. Um, I don't really – I don't know. I, I still see the – I know that people are soured on him a bit, but I still see there – he does. He is a fantastic athlete, and he has the, the frame to be a target hog, to be the primary weapon in an offense and have an offense flow through him. There are real concerns on him, whether or not he's a wide receiver one, so to say, but you can get a lot of volume out of a guy that isn't necessarily an X that's lining up outside and winning downfield consistently. And, you know, we, we've seen it, you know, everybody's looking for who's the next Debo and, and not to go there, but Traylon Burks has an athletic profile that can be used in creative measures. And so my question comes down to would I rather have Traylon Burks or Antonio Gibson. And if I'm sitting here as a team that has earned the one Oh six, uh, golly, I, I think that, I would probably go with Gibson because I think that I'd probably would be ready to start to contend a little bit if I'm a middle of the pack team and Gibson gives me a potential. I know that we're everybody's kind of off him now because they re-signed JD McKissick, but if, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this year. And I think that I'd go there. Okay. According to my self-proclaimed rules now, you have to put Traylon Burks as the next Devo in your Twitter headline. Just want to let you know <laughs> since you said it. So now that is, that is who you chose. Kevin, I think a lot of players, but nobody can be the next Depot. So. <laughs> All right, so yeah, and I so that puts me at the one hundred six, and I, uh, I am not a Kenneth Walker stand as like other people have. I really want to take Jamison Williams with this pick because I am a Jamison Williams stand. Uh, I think it just comes down to where your team's at, and I, and I do think if if you don't need that help at running back, I think this is an easy pick for Williams. Um, I, I'm still going to go Kenneth Walker here because I, I do think he's a solid running back too. I do think he has value there. Um, the difference between Williams and let's say Olave, maybe this first year might not be as big. Maybe you have Walker. He gets the volume. This will come down to landing spot for me, but I'll take Kenneth Walker at the 106. All right. So Kenneth Walker or Terry McLaurin? Kenneth Walker for me. I, yeah, that's that's that was easy at first. I I think just based on Carson Wentz being there, and just I don't know what that offense is going to look like. Give me the guy that maybe could be a running back one with volume, and I'll take that in the offense. Yeah, I like that. Uh, one hundred seven here, and I've flirted with Desmond Ritter for <laughs> the first two picks, and now I'm just going to go ahead and take him. Uh, Desmond Ritter. I don't know if you guys have been following industry mock drafts, but he has been a favorite of. Uh, the Falcons, there's a lot of smoke there. 
uh, for him to be a top 10 pick. And I think the tools are there. I think the athleticism is there. I think realistically the improvement each year is also there. We've talked about him enough, but I, I do think that he's a first round NFL draft pick. And I think that means that at the 107, you're getting a massive value for a quarterback. So the question would, I don't know, this is kind of screwy because they've got Desmond Ritter down pretty low. Um, I guess the most comparable guy would be Desmond Ritter or Miles Sanders. I mean, it's a worthy question. Uh, Sanders' lack of a contract would allow me to feel more comfortable taking Ritter. Can I, yeah, can I know we're kind of rushing. Can I jump in about Ritter real quick, though? Yeah. So I, yeah. I was on a show. I've been on shows. I've seen shows and stuff. And people are like, I've seen Ritter go at the 112. And somebody said, well, I haven't. I, there's no way he'd go there. He's got to go in the middle of second or third. And they said that. If you're still hearing that, you're behind. You're a month behind. Because Ritter is now moving his way up. You need to adapt to these things and, and adjust to where draft circles have him and listen to the right people. Because if Ritter Good's first round draft capital, he's a top seven pick in super flex leagues. I don't care what anybody says. He's a top seven guy. Yeah. Yeah. If he goes, say he goes at eight to Atlanta, like, do you think he's in conversation to be that, that number three? We're kind of wondering who that number three is going to be. Do you think he shoves himself into that consideration going that high? Go ahead, Christian. Uh, I mean, yes, is what I would say. I mean, the thing about Ritter, and so we've got a, a comment here, and I, again, I know we're kind of trying to get through this, but I think this is worth it to pause and kind of address this. So Desmond Ritter does have flaws, uh, and, and he has flaws kind of littered all over his tape, but the flashes mixed with how the NFL seems to view this kid, mixed with intangibles. Jeff always talks about how he's played in – massive games he's been in those games granted he didn't look great against Alabama but that was largely a product of what Cincinnati's game plan was I think when you look at Ritter you look at a guy who can come into a play action scheme and be a dual threat type of guy he he can run the ball he's fast um and so I I personally would be comfortable drafting him especially if he's a top half of the first round I'd be comfortable drafting him as QB one. And he's still, like I said, Ritter in round two is similar to Willis in round one for me. So I'm comfortable with him really anywhere in these first. Well, I, I clearly wasn't comfortable with him with my first two picks. So maybe I'm lying. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> within the top seven sounds good. Well, I don't blame you for having Drake London there. And we, it is an open question on where he's going to land. But, you know, I, I think that Ritter is the most pro-ready quarterback. And I believe that because I believe what he's going to be asked to do and as an NFL quarterback coming in, especially as a rookie, he's going to be asked not to lose the game. He's going to be asked to move the, the sticks. He's going to be asked to use his athleticism to get on the move out of the pocket, to execute easy throws. And those are all things that he's capable of doing. And so that's I think that there's a lot of people are getting hung up on where he started the process. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it, I was on a show last night, I, the entire show talking about Desmond Ritter last night and a lot of it coming out of the Debbie community. Um, the, he's not a guy that was going to score a lot of points in college fantasy because Cincinnati runs a very slow, deliberate paced offense. They rely on their running game and he did well enough, but he wasn't a guy that had any sort of preseason buzz at all. You know, he was in a G five school, and yeah, Cincinnati made the college football playoff and raised his profile. And we were all ready. And we mentioned it at the time 
I think the community would have been ready to take off. Had he gone out there against Alabama and really showed out, you would have had that conversation immediately coming into this process. He went the other way. And and really, and we hit on it then, and we've hit on it several times, the coaching staff did not put him in position to do that and to use his abilities in that regard. And and so I think that there's a lot of there are a lot of different narrative factors around him that why he started so low. And oftentimes where we start guys, it takes a while to get caught up. But you know, like Christian talks about, Kevin talked about, the draft industry is on him hot and heavy, and teams are falling in love with him. And if we see you know, if Malik Willis goes number two, if Kenny Pickett goes number six, Desmond Ritter is going to be quarterback three, and he's going to be off the board relatively soon after that. But all right, now I think we've talked enough about Desmond Ritter, but I don't know. If we Can ever I say connect- one more thing? I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, I, so I've got Jamison Williams with the next pick at the 108, yeah, and yeah. I think that there's probably a clear 108, 109 tier-ish in this in the draft right now where we're sitting. Um, Capital, you know, I, Isaiah Spiller supposedly getting a top 30 visit with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, there are things that can happen that can expand this tier a little bit, but I think we're kind of right there. And so I've got Jameson Williams and it comes down to what I rather have Jameson Williams or Mike Williams. And, and that's really a question about uh, risking the future versus going ahead. And, and a guy that, you know, I think will Mike Williams can grow in production. And we saw a wide receiver one season out of him already. Um, I think that there's kind of, way our mindset is going to lean and especially in dynasty and especially being this type of show, I think we're going to lean on the, the young players more often than not. And I'll go ahead and, and go with Jamison Williams there. Yeah, no, I agree. I just took Jamison over Traylon in the last mock I did. Like I love Jamison Williams and I think he realistically could be the first wide receiver taken even with his injury. Uh, so if that's the case and that's fine. Uh, now, if we go down to where we're at right now, so we had Resaw, Malik Willis, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Kenneth Walker, Desmond Ritter, Jamison Williams. You know, based on the board, I think I don't want to say it's a clear tier break, but there's definitely a tier ish. Like when you start to see this talent after Jamison Williams, you're going to see this kind of a drop. Um, I'm going to go Alave here, and I think it's just based on I know he's going to get first round capital. I think teams are going to like him. Cowboys are, you know, talking to him. A lot of other guys are in there. I think Spiller's on the board there, but I'm not comfortable yet taking him until I see his draft capital at that spot. Pickens is there, maybe one of the quarterbacks. But to me, it's Alave here, and then there's a huge tier break, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do want to talk about Olave because I see a lot of analysis that is says he his tier his upside in fantasy or even in practical football is as a wide receiver too. He can do all the things that you want to see out yeah. of wide receiver one. He can win vertically downfield. He's got the speed to do that. He can win in short area bursts. And and I see a lot, and this is another thing I talked to you guys about, a lot about he goes down at first contact. But you guys know that the fumbling was a problem coming into the season. And, and I think that certainly he's got to grow and develop in that and ball security. But I wonder if that he wasn't coached to go down more often and, and take the 20 yard gain and go down first, trying to fight through and pick up a couple of extra yards and risk that ball security. But okay. Kevin, would you rather have Chris Olave or James Connor? Oh, Chris Olave. I don't. Yeah. They're, they're pretty low on Chris Olave in this. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see any instance, even if I was contending, I still want a lave because Connor gives you one year. We don't know necessarily if that's the fool's gold last year. I think it wasn't, but again, injuries, those type of things. A lave gives me a lot more value going forward. Yeah, I agree there. 
I'm on the clock with 110, and I'm I've been struggling with this um, ever since Chris Olave came out of uh, Kevin's mouth over there. So, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna rely on what my grades are at this point because I think I'm gonna trust myself. That's something I would advocate for all of you to do yes. if you do your own scouting and you have your own opinions on these players. Trust yourself. I have bitten myself by not doing that. And so I'm going to, we're going to rock with it. And this pick is Sky Moore for me. Um, I have Sky Moore ahead of Chris Olave in my rankings. Uh, I think that Sky Moore is for sure going to be a top 50 pick. I think that there has been talk that he could slide into the back. Uh, one of the last like six to seven picks of all those teams that need wide receivers. I think we didn't get to really talk about the Saints trade, but I think that the Saints may be looking for a wide receiver and that's going to push another one uh, into the first round potentially with all those needy teams. Sky Moore is a fantastic prospect in my eyes. He is a top, very, very top of the second round player. Uh, so I'll roll with him at 110. That seems to be the show. He is the 110 for this show. Yeah, I, I searched him before. As soon as Chris Olave came out, I, I looked <laughs> up his value because I knew that's where you're going. Um, yeah. Would you rather have Sky Moore or Mike Gesicki? Sky Moore. <laughs> I, so Gesicki is an interesting one, though. And obviously, this is not probably the, the avenue to talk about him. Is Gesicki even going to be like able to play the role that they are going to need him to? Or is he just like washed after this one franchise tag year? Because I think... Personally, I don't think he can block well enough that they'll like him. So I don't know. I don't well, think he has I, much value. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I expected kind of a little bit more because the 49ers almost never used 12 personnel. Um, you know, they Dwelly would play occasionally, but, you know, that was really in Kittle. You don't need to use 12 personnel when you got George Kittle because he can do all the things. And I wonder... I don't know because they've got such good wide receivers. And I think Cedric Wilson's the real wild card there because are you really going to want to take Cedric Wilson off the field to get a blocking tight end? So I think that that was probably a case of, we don't want to lose the asset. So we're going to tag him because I think that he, in this market, he would have gotten an insane contract, but I do wonder that is he even going to see the season? Like with the Dolphins, you know, do they decide, Maybe they take a tight end later and they're maybe they're comfortable with Hunter Long and maybe he's a guy that gets traded at around the draft because obviously we saw them trade Devontae Parker already. Yeah, that's true. All right. So I'm up and I'm going to go ahead and go with George Pickens because I can take him from Kevin. And I, but I think that this is the probably the pick here. Um, I mean, we're kind of in that range where we have to consider Kenny Pickett, even if we are not a Kenny Pickett show, because being in Superflex and if he is the sixth pick in the draft and if he lands somewhere that there looks to be immediate playing time. Um, but it's it's hard for me to get my mind around that because I'm just <laughs> I don't. This is kind of the range that Mac Jones was landing last year, and I kind of had the same. Okay. I think that there's maybe a little bit more fantasy upside in Kenny Pickett's game because he can run, but. I don't know. I, I just could never get myself to draft Mac Jones in this range last year. And I'm kind of leaning in the same place with Kenny Pickett. But would I rather have George Pickens or oh, this is a weird one, but um, Alan Robinson. And I think that I would go with Pickens still because um, I think that he's going to land in that end of that first round tier. And if he lands on an elite team, that's going to be great for him. Uh, but also I think that there's maybe some questions about where Allen Robinson's game is at this point. 
All right. So now you're going to leave me with the uh, <laughs> tough. Do it. I, well, it comes down to Pickett to me. Um, I mean, I like Corral, but again, I don't think Corral's going to, I don't know if Corral, we, me and Chris were talking about this pre-show um, while, you know, Jeff was talking to his agent. I, I don't know if, Pick, I don't know if Corral's going to get first round <laughs> draft capital. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I think, I hope he does because I like him, but if he doesn't, he can't get drafted in the first. And so I think with those question marks, I don't know if you could draft him here. I'm going to take Kenny Pickett just because it's super flex and because I hate myself and I want to just, I can't believe I said that. I, I just said Kenny Pickett on a draft, but I think if he gets, if he goes top 10, you have to take him at the 112. I think in that, in that category, and it's just one of those things in super flex, I would probably trade out. I wouldn't take him, but he's, he would go here if not higher, like I've seen him go as high as 103, to be honest, like and some guys have him as a QB one. So I think you have to take him at the 112. I think Spiller is definitely an option there, though. And some other guy, McBride, maybe depending on the need. Yeah, I think that that's probably a case where I don't know. The talent falls off so quickly in the early second round in this draft. It feels like in, in these super flex drafts. But if you've got a team sitting at the 101 or the 201, 202, 203 range that doesn't have quarterbacks and you're yeah. kind of landing in this like 11, 12 range, it's a good spot to kind of force their hand a little bit. And I think that people are going to it does seem like there's a lot in the community that are much higher on Kenny Pickett than we are. And to your credit, let's say the guy at 101 takes Brees Hall. At the 201, he's sitting there, and Kenny Pickett's still on the board. Yeah. You might be able to say, hey, I'll move back one spot, get something, and say you want a quarterback, I'm going to take a quarterback. And that's how you can kind of ring some value out and then take one of these other guys. Who, yeah, who – Ideas okay. for so I was thinking ideas for trades. Like if you're at the 111 there, if you if the 201 doesn't take quarterback and wants to move up, bring a trying to get their 23 second and you give a 23 third type deal where they're looking at it a year out and they're thinking, well, at least I get a third, but I'm getting a second. Yeah. But I mean, that could be you're getting it from a bad team. You never know. And in that class, um, I always like to say, and everybody gets so confused that 22, 23 seconds can become 23 first because you can do moves like that where there's little moves that you can do incremental moves that you're walking it up. But if that ends up being a late third for an early second, I mean, that's a, a massive value win. And I would be comfortable throwing if I've got later seconds or, uh, you know, later thirds in this draft to kind of spicing it up with that and getting those premium prospects for next year picks for next year. So would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Devonta Smith? Devonta Smith for me. Um, oh God it hurts though. And I do think they might draft a, a wide receiver. I think it's very close. I think if I'm going to do straight up there based on value, assuming Kenny Pickett goes in the top 10, I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. But if Kenny Pickett doesn't, I would go Smith. So I'm going to cheat and say both, but probably Pickett. <clears throat> so we're at an interesting spot because, and Kevin and I, Kevin alluded to the fact that we talked pre-show while Jeff was, you know, out moseying. I don't know what he was doing, uh, but I think the three quarterbacks that are going in the first round that I can confidently say are going in the first round are the three that we already have off the board. If you're drafting after the draft, you're going to know where the other guys went. And so you're going to know what the value is and what the potential uh, for uh, or potential for playing time really looks like. Cause after the first round, there is really no guarantees, right? We're looking at drew lock right now. So, with that being said, I think at the 201, if you're drafting pre-draft, I don't think it's a bad idea to draft Matt Corral or Sam Howell here. 
I think that it makes some sense. You take a shot. Maybe one of them does sneak into the first round, and then you're feeling really, really good about that value. Uh, but, like, I don't want to. And so I'm going to take Isaiah Spiller instead. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is still my RB3. I, I my, my rankings are becoming more final, and Isaiah Spiller is still sitting there despite being a lesser athlete, despite the concerns about his long speed. I think he is a skilled running back, and I think that, even, you know, maybe he doesn't get day two capital. Maybe he gets round four capital, and then he's a Michael Carter type prospect. That's fine. I would have been comfortable with Michael Carter around this area last year, looking back, like if hindsight's twenty twenty. So I'll take Spiller here. Would you rather have Isaiah Spiller or Darnell Mooney? I think it's... Wow, that's tough because I think the Bears are adding a receiver. They have to, or they're everyone's fired already. Um, I'd still go Spiller and and just trust my my process. I guess that's hard. That's, <laughs> that's hard. a tough one. That's a really tough one. There's yeah. some of these, I'm, uh, but I'm saying that these are, and I, I hope that we're adding some contextual value to people out there that if they're thinking about trading picks, like what, what are they kind of looking for at, at uh, veteran value? Um, all right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm next, I'm going to go. I, I think that this is probably, even though this team hypothetically would have taken Malik Willis in round one, if you are earning that pick in Superflex, you are probably struggling at the quarterback position. So I'm going to go ahead and take Matt Corral here. Um, I just think it's we're in a weird spot for value, and and I think that you know I think we could talk about Rashad White here. We can talk about um, Dotson here. We're kind of I think we're a little bit lower than him on mo- than most, but I'll go ahead and, and take the quarterbacks in Superflex, and I'll take Corral. And my question would be, would rather have Matt Corral or TJ Hawkinson is the value that they've got on Corral right now. And, um, you know, I'd take TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I think even though that that's a guy that I'm not super high on, um, I, I think that that's, I would rather not play the risky game with Corral, but that's kind of a, a questionable point there to talk about too, where he's being valued because I see a lot that got him as their clear quarterback too. And to me, that seems kind of questionable. And so if you're in a league and you know somebody's kind of assigning that value to them, it might be a good time right now to get kind of cash out on that because there is a chance that he does land outside around one or he lands in a we're kind of questioned about where his value ends up in the actual NFL draft. And we haven't seen a lot in the pre-draft process. So it might be a chance to move off of him. Just really quickly on Corral too. There are some reports that he is not doing very well in his interviews, which was my main concern with his pre-draft process. I saw one quote that made me say, oh yeah, yeah, that's probably like a barely top 50 pick now instead of a round one pick. Hey, you know, Corral's got my my vote just because he beat up Gretzky's kid in high school. But all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's go to 203 or where we're at. I'm going to take Rashad White. I'm going to take running back Arizona State. I think that he's right there with Spiller. So it's going to come down to draft capital where he goes. Where could he, he kind of get into that area? Good pass catching back. 
his numbers look different. And I, I saw the analytical guys talking about this because I just I just watch him from afar because I can't I can't get involved with them. Um, and they talked about how like he didn't play you know his freshman year he's at junior college. And again, like the numbers are going to be skewed for him based on an analytical profile. I know they look at a couple of different things. I like him. I think that he could get drafted higher than uh, than what people think. But at the same time, saying that, what does that mean? If him and Spiller are close, give me the landing spot. Who's going to get the volume? Um, and but again. I don't like a lot of these running back landing spots outside of like the bills and even the bills are, you know, they have quite, they'll still have Singletary there. They're still going to have these guys. Allen's still going to take some stuff away. There's not a lot of spots. He goes to Atlanta. You still have Patterson there. You're still going to be dealing with kind of this weird thing. I don't really like any of these running back landing spots. I was trying to think of where these people are going to get volume. I saw a mock where they actually, I think it was Zamir or somebody went to the Broncos to back up Javante. And I'm like, shit, that makes sense, but that would suck from a fantasy perspective. So really the landing spots for these running backs is going to be massive. And I don't like a lot of the landing spots, so it's kind of weird. But it's still give me Rashad White at the 203. Would you rather have Rashad White or Gabe Davis? Oh, I, I'm going to take Rashad there. I'm not a Gabe Davis truther. I, I, I know he can score touchdowns. He has that. But I still think Rashad White would have more upside, maybe at the early of the second, because then you can maybe fill in volume guys, something like that. Yeah, I like that. All right, 204. I actually just changed my pick. I had made the pick, and then I deleted it out of here. So the pick that I was going to make was Zamir White. I I actually recently found out. I find out things in my my grading scale. Uh, Zamir White's actually my four now ahead of Rashad, but they're within a tenth of a point. So I think Zamir White here would make some sense. But I'm going to – Corral's off the board now, and I said that I would consider him at the 201 and also Sam Howell. I'm going to take Sam Howell here. I think there's an outside shot that Sam Howell is a first-round quarterback. Uh, he has some concerns on his tape. His footwork's pretty bad. But I revisited his tape last night, and – Man, there was a free rusher every freaking snap. Like it was, it was absolutely ridiculous, and he never really had the control of that uh, protection and the, what they were running out there. So I think if you put him in a good situation, I think that Sam Howell can be a good NFL quarterback, and that'll have some value even in fantasy, even if he's not the most fantasy relevant quarterback. All right. So would you rather have Sam Howell or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk, I think, um, even in Superflex, I think Christian Kirk getting a bag means something. I think he's going to be a prominent focus of that Jaguars offense. So give me the the increasing value versus the risky value right now. And Christian Kirk's not bad at football. Like, I know he gets crapped on out there. I mean, he's a, he's a very – he could be a wide receiver too on some days. Like, and how, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so I'm I'm kind of torn between two guys right now. Um, I'm really high on Christian Watson, but I'm gonna go with go stick to my board right now, and I've got Trey McBride still um, in a tight end premium. And I think that when you're kind of landing in the middle of the second round, um, I think that there are probably some fair questions about Trey McBride and really about his upside. We saw he can be a fantastic pass catcher, but whether he's not, he's going to have the functional strength to kind of, you know, this isn't getting Pat Fryer moves in the middle of your second round last year. And I think that kind of illustrates the value of tight end in this, in this draft class and kind of where the value in general in this draft class is landing. Um, but I'm going to go with the, still the tight end one in this class, Trey McBride and his value is kind of screwy, but um, I, so he's he's uh, 
guess the the closest thing to have a fair question would be Trey McBride or Shad Penny. And in that conversation, you know, I'm I'm going to lean on Trey McBride because I keep hearing reports about Chris Chris Carson is looking good. And I'm telling you right now, if Chris Carson is playing football, Pete Carroll is going to put him on the field. And I, I firmly believe that. And even though Rashad Penny looked good at the end of last year, it, that's going to be such a feel-good story for a Seattle team that I don't think is going to have a lot of feel-good stories this year. And Carson's going to play. And that puts real questions on the value of Rashad Penny. So I'll go ahead and I'll go with Trey McBride here. But that kind of shows you maybe where people are valuing you know, Rashad Penny as a mid-second-round pick. I didn't realize it was my pick because I can't count. So, all right. So, Sam Howell, Trey McBride. And, you know, looking at the board, I'm definitely not taking David Bell here. Uh, Zamir is an option for me because I do think Zamir is going to go a little higher. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take Zamir. Give me Zamir White. I think that he'll be fine. I I know Watson's on the board. I know Dotson's there. Uh, But, again, in this area, if you can get Zamir in this – he's going – this is probably early I've seen him. He's going to the third. I think that's great value. But give me Zamir, who I think could could, could go to his latest spot, a touchdown-dependent guy, but you're looking for a guy that can fill in for you in the first first year there and maybe make some noise in the second and third year. Would you rather have – so he's a guy that is very low-valued. Yeah, and you mentioned that he's going in the third in some areas. Um, so would you rather have Zamir White or Marcus Valdez-Scantling? I'll take Zamir. I'll take Zamir in that category. <laughs> Unless you're Dave, Dave, then you might take MBS. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Zemir. That was hard. Oh yeah, yeah my bad. I, I forgot what obscure Green Bay Packer Dave Fuji was talking about this week. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till next week to hear what he's talking about there. Uh, Zamir's gonna be the RB three or four off the board, and I think he's a day two pick. And I think that him being valued in the third pounds on that. You know, like Jeff's been saying, if you're in a Debbie league or you've already drafted, go buy him because uh, you can get him very cheap for what I think his value will be in three weeks time. Uh, you're an ass, Kevin. Uh, that, <laughs> we knew that was my pick, uh, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I, I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson here. And I am by no means a Jahan Dotson truther, but I think that he's another guy that's going to be drafted in the top 50 uh, to one of those wide receiver needy teams. And at the 207, I think Jahan Dotson's upside for fantasy is probably a wide receiver too. But if that's what he ends up being at the 207 for you, I think you are comfortable with that. I know Watson's a shout out here. He's probably going to get drafted higher, but I just don't think his film is as good as Dotson's. So I'll go Dotson. Would you rather have Jahan Dotson or Tony Pollard? Um. So I guess it depends on where what what the status of my team is, because uh, I think Pollard is more of a win now, whereas Dotson's going to increase in value. I think Pollard's always going to be hampered by Zeke, though. Uh, I'll take Pollard though, the blanket, I guess. Dallas Cowboy fan, is Tony Pollard ever going to get a moment, or is this going to be? No, finally. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. I I don't think he is unless Zeke got completely hurt, but Zeke, look, listen, Tony Pollard shooters out there. I'm really mad at the Cowboys anyway, but Zeke had, what he had like a sprained MCL last year, right? Like whatever the the injury that was. And they still put him out there 
That tells you something about Tony Pollard. If Tony Pollard was that good, why wouldn't they just say, okay, hey, Zeke, sit out. We don't need you right now. Rest up and then get out of here, Tony Pollard. So Tony Pollard running back, he's 26. He's not young, right? He's 26, 25. He's somewhere around there. No, I don't hate the Dotson thing. I'm not trying to shit on Christian here. I just Some guys are saying that Tony Pollard is better than Zeke, and I'm losing my mind. If he was better than Zeke, he would have played. He was healthy last year. It's fair. All right. See, Jeff knows so, how to piss me off. See, this is the way, like, <laughs> he just brings up the Cowboys. I can't stand Tony Pollard truthers. They drive me crazy. <laughs> All right. So I, I talked about um, taking Christian Watson with my last pick. Um, so I'm easily going to take Christian Watson with this pick and staying true to my board. He's a guy that I, the athletic profile is impossible to ignore. And I think that he's a guy that he can win vertically. He's a guy that he's a big guy that could potentially be a red zone threat. I just think the ceiling is so high on him. And the value on him is kind of screwy because the guy that he's comparable to is Kadarius Tony, but Kadarius Tony is lower in this than I think maybe I would value Kadarius Tony. And I would still probably go with Kadarius Tony over Christian Watson. Um, but that, you know, if you're able to trade your, we're kind of, I, in my mind, we're at a drop off in this draft, like really at this point. And if you're in the lower pick than this, maybe one of these guys that we've talked about previously will fall to you. But I would be moving off these picks as rookie fever starts to heat up. And especially before, uh, before anybody has an idea who they're actually going to draft there, they might be looking at it as, well, I want to get in here. I want to get a second round pick. And I think that you can do some damage with this area in the draft, but I'll go ahead and I'll go with Christian Watson. And I, and I think that's that's a that's a fair assessment. Christian's watching one of those guys I just don't know what to do with. I got to wait to see what the NFL is going to do with him. That's just by the I, I like him. And, you know, I did I did see some things like, oh, yeah, we knew this. We didn't know what Christian Rossman was going to be. I don't care what anybody says. So I, I think it's time to kind of figure out what we do with that. Yep. All right. Damn it. I can't count, guys. I am so sorry. See, this is why you guys are on the show. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at this pick – uh, Dotson off the board and 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 Watson off the board, so it really hurts. You get, I don't think you could draft Justin Ross this early. I've seen him go a little early like that. Um, in terms of me, based on who I'm drafting with, I definitely want to draft some guys. If these are the guys in there that I like, um, I'm gonna go Damian Pierce from Florida. I'm gonna take the running back here. I know it's maybe a little higher. I can't wait to see what his value is on the trade calculator because it's gonna be low, and I'm gonna take Damian Pierce. But I I think uh, to me he could fill in that nice role in this late second, the early third. You're looking for a running back that could start at some point. But give me Damian Pierce. Would you rather have Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary? Oh, that's the now that's actually an interesting one because if they don't draft a running back. Um, Devin, I'll take Devin Singletary under the assumption they don't draft a running back. That's what I would have done as well. So yeah, you're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. I said that I was going to go by my board, but my we have to remember my board is not fantasy. Uh, it, it's not adjusted for fantasy just yet. And what I think might happen when I do that for tight ends is this guy may get propped up a little bit and it's not a guy that people are really talking about um oh, now do i want to go with so i'm debating between charlie kohler or greg dolchich here i think dolchich has the nfl draft buzz i think kohler to me has he actually graded higher because he's a crazy athlete and i wouldn't have guessed that off of his film honestly 
Uh, I'm actually going to go down another spot on my board, and I'm going to take Dulcich um, because I think there's a chance that he is actually the tight end one off the board, and I think teams are going to use him for sure in a pass-catching role. And I can't say that about my tight end two, which is Jelani Woods, and I can't really say that about Kohler just yet. Um, so I'll just rock with the next best thing, I guess. I know Jeff wanted me to take Ruckert there. Sorry. Is Trey McBride not your tight end one anymore, Christian? No, no, no. He is, but he's long gone. And so, and he's, he's a tier above the other tight ends is what I'm looking at. So I think Dolce is interesting too, because he's gone up a little bit. Like he was going in the fourth or he wasn't getting drafted a few, like a couple months ago. Uh, then he was kind of going to the fourth. Now we're seeing him kind of going that third. I, we see the kind of draft capital stuff, talk, we hear all that stuff. So I don't think that's, that's a, that's a reach at all. I think that we're going to see kind of Dolce's going those areas. Yeah. All right, so that's going to be – should have been paying attention and looking up. Let me see. That's okay. So what uh, I can I can fill here for a second. I was debating taking uh, Kyron Williams. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the other debate <laughs> that I was having internally was to go with James Cook for the yeah. fantasy-relevant role because uh, I think he does catch some passes. But go ahead, Jeff. All right, would you rather have Dolchich or would you rather have Donovan Peoples-Jones? Uh, Dolchich. I don't think, I, I don't think DPJ is very good guys. I really don't. I, I think that he was underutilized at Michigan because of his faults. And I think he's underutilized for the Browns because he's just not good at football. Sorry. Yeah. I think if you, I think this is a really good time to move off people's Jones. If you've got him in a dynasty league, because there's going to be the hype. I'd still, what's Will Fuller doing? Because I, I feel like there's, He's just hanging out there, and I don't know why he's not signed, but that just feels like it's still going to happen. If they sign Will Fuller, if they draft somebody, you're potentially hot right now. Donovan Peoples-Jones stock is going to plummet in value. Um, but I'm going to go. I'll I'll stay with my board, and I've got James Cook next. You know, Christian mentioned him. Um, it's a guy that he's always been a fav- favorite of mine. Kind of, we didn't really get to see a lot of him in the pre-draft process, and I think that really hurt him because I think his he's a very skilled player, and I think that there are areas that he would have been able to stand out in. And injury kind of robbed him from doing some of those things. So I'll go with James Cook at the end of the two, end of the second round here, and that's a guy that he's a lot buzzier than I think that where we're kind of looking at, um, just because. I think that's a name that people know, and and that's probably part of what's happening with him. But at the same time, I think there's probably is clearly has a very limited role in, in the NFL level. And you know, taking backs early that you know that walking in are going to have those, I think are are tough moves to make. But the the value on him right now is the same as Terrace Marshall. Um, and oh man. I don't know. I, what do you, <laughs> man, I keep ending up with Terrace Marshall in startups because he'll last till like the 20th round. And I think like he's 21 years old. I'll throw the dice on him in the 20th round, but I'm going to take James Cook over Terrace Marshall right now. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Too. I, the funniest thing I heard, I know we're going to finish this up, but the funniest thing I heard about James Cook was someone compared him their player comp to Dalvin Cook. And uh, that's just someone that, doesn't watch college football, I don't think. And they just said, oh, it's his brother. And I, that was a real thing written. So be careful um, 
you know, be careful who you get your information from. Uh, all right, I'll wrap this thing up in a second. And I'm going to take Mechie. I'll take Mechie here. Like, I, I don't mind taking Mechie here at this point. I think it's good value. If he if he can get in the top 50, maybe, top 60. I mean, if he can go around there, it kind of just depends on where he goes. Uh, but based on a guy that was getting hyped as a first-round guy last year, if you can get him at the end of the second, being getting the third, I think it's just value. You just, you just swoop him up. Would you rather have John Mechie or Ramondre Stevenson? I'll take Mechie. I'm not a Stevenson guy. And I still think Harris, even though Jeff thinks he died, I think Harris is still a value this this year uh, and and in there. I don't think Stevenson's going to have that big of a role. But I also hate running backs. I'm just not a running back guy. Or bad running back. Oh, really quick. I know we need to wrap this up really badly. But uh, so before our advice was to smash the upside running backs in the third round, but I think what we just saw is that the pre-draft process has kind of pushed some of those running backs yeah. into the second. It's pushed Spiller down a bit, but it's pushed others up into the second. And my advice for the top of the third round is actually to take some shots on some upside wide receivers. I think as much as we are not a David Bell show, I still think David Bell's kind of good at football. And I think if he gets day two capital, you're feeling pretty good about him in the third round as just a flyer. I think Khalil Shakir, I just tweeted about him this week. I think he's a good shout um, you know, guys like Calvin Austin, Jalen Tolbert's still there. Alec Pierce is still there. Uh, and then there is still upside running backs that you can take shots on as well. Keontae Ingram, Tyler Beatty, Tyler Algier probably isn't getting draft capital. Uh, you know, Kyron Williams, a, a show favorite of ours that we, we've already mentioned. Um, so I think that your third round is looking a little more diverse than it once was. Yeah, and I think that there's right now, if you're doing your rookie draft before the NFL draft, there are so many running backs that are both dead and alive right now because there are so many guys that could get drafted, could land in spots, and or, you know, they could be nothing. And if one of the things that I've done drafts and so I've cleared out roster spots for after the draft because you can still get some interesting rookie running backs on the waiver run after the draft. And I think that that's something to consider using like your fourths, using your later picks to move around, to move up among tiers earlier in the drafts and then throw those shots on waivers afterwards, especially if you draft prior to the draft, because there it can be wild on where guys are going to end up. Yeah, no, I, and I think so too. So let's uh, let's jump over to the sportsbook rundown. So we went to the first two rounds, and I think the player evaluations is good. Uh, I think that hopefully you actually listen to that and go through it. Yeah. Oh, sportsbook rundown uh, this week. Uh, Jeff and I tied, going two and one. Shout out to North Carolina for blowing a fifteen point <laughs> halftime lead, crushing my dreams and crushing my chance at the full chip here. Uh, so Jeff and I are splitting that. Kevin, you want one and two? Sorry. Uh, yeah. We are going to be picking the Masters this week because that's like the main thing. I can't believe Tiger Woods didn't make it on here, guys. What? What? What's the deal with that? I went with betting odds. Uh, these are fair. yeah. These are straight betting odds. So so the way that this is going to work is we've got groups of three here and we'll rotate around who's got the first pick, second pick, third pick, and we're going to build a fivesome. And then whoever has the lowest collaborative score is going to be the winner this week. Yeah. All right. Low, low scores. I like it. All right. So the first grouping is John Rom, Justin Thomas, or Dustin Johnson. We'll go in the same order. Um, I guess maybe we should... Should we snake it? It really doesn't matter. Kevin, who are you taking? 
I'll take Rob. I'll take my boy John. He's gonna choke, but I'll take Rob. I'll take I'll take Dustin Johnson. All right, and then Justin Thomas is mine. Thomas is either gonna uh, win this thing or he's not gonna make the cut. That's pretty much Justin Thomas's mo. I know. Uh, all right. So, so that's like that is one of our picks, and then the next one we are picking, we are adding to our team, right? Another so we we can't we can't snake. So the next group: Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy. I said we can snake because I'm going to take Rory. Um, <laughs> and sorry, uh, Jeff, you're up. I'll take Scheffler. Ah, you bet. I'll take. I guess Cameron Smith. Uh, I'll go ahead and take him. And right, I'll next take, group. I'll take. Yeah. Him so. <laughs> it's Brooks Kepka, uh, Patrick Candelay, and Jordan Spieth. That's that's a nice little group there. And you took Brooks? Yeah, I'll take Brookies. Jeff? I'll take Spieth. I'll take Candelay. I have to. Uh, and next group, uh, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, and Xander Schauffele. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with Xander. I've done it before. It hasn't worked out, but whatever. Jeff? I'll go, I'll go with Hovland here. Okay. I'll take more Cara, obviously, but, you know, that, that, hopefully he plays well. He struggles at the Masters. And then last group, uh, Will Zalatoris, Bryson DeChambeau, and Sam Burns. Kevin? Uh, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take Bryson. Why not? What the hell? Yeah. yeah Let's have some fun with Bryson. I'll take Will. All right. And I have Sam Burns. Uh, mess with that the robot thing. is back in charge of keeping track of that because that's going to be a, a tough one to keep track of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, well, hey, Jeff uses calculators a lot. All right, let's go to uh, Prospect Poker, right? We're playing poker yeah. now. Uh, the rules be, of the game. I'm paying attention and doing it. <laughs> yeah, come on. Jeff. All right, so we tossed three cards in the river. Each holds two. Before we review our cards, we're going to discuss our favorite and overhyped projected day three pick. And so we're just going to be looking at guys that we think are, are, that we like, that we think, hey, day three guys that maybe are sleepers, and then maybe guys are getting a little bit too much hype. Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with my favorite, and it's just a guy that we haven't talked about, and maybe he's not actually my favorite of the day three guys, but Kyle Phillips, the kid who tore up the Shrine Bowl, tore up at UCLA this year, and also just has a profile that is very, very uh, nice into a slot role. I'll take that guy as a guy who could potentially be fantasy relevant. You know, slot guys get targets. I feel like Kyle Phillips is a guy that will earn his targets. All right. So we have a king of diamonds, a six of clubs, and a jack of diamonds, and Christian's throwing up a nine of spades. Um, I'm, of course, going to just stick with what I know, keep playing the hits. Abram Smith is my favorite day three guy. You know, we, see, we finally ran, finally got some testing on him. He ran a 4-5. He has a, a, the same relative athletic score as Brian Robinson, everybody's new favorite hotness right now. And so I think that those things are what you want to see. He's got a profile that he can play an early down role, and he's got a, a great power back role that he can be a goal line back. So I'll take Abram Smith, and I will throw up a 7 of diamonds. Yeah, can we just please stop overdrafting Brian Robinson and just draft David Smith like in the third or fourth round? Like that's I feel like the play um, right now. I'm gonna go with my guy Ty Chandler from UNC. I, I think that I just like I like his profile. I know he's you know he's over 200 pounds. He looked good in the Shrine Bowl. He showed explosiveness to do those things. Give me Chandler in that late round, and maybe he finds a role where he can be like James White. Like, 
All right. So Kevin had a seven of clubs. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So a whole lot of nothing. All right. Uh, overhyped guys now. And I went with Hassan Haskins. This is a guy that's inching his way into top 10 running backs lists lately I've seen. And I really don't like that at all. Uh, I just think that he's a very one dimensional running back. I think that he is going to go on day three and you're looking at a guy who might siphon a few touchdowns here or there, but will never really have a whole lot of fantasy relevance. Ooh, yeah. Christians got a nine of clubs throwing up a pair of nines. All right. So my guy, Kyron Williams overhyped still, you know, he, he, the value that I looked him up still has got him in the second round. He's still ranked as a second round potential pick. I still see people saying it out there. Um, you know, we're talking about day three guys right now and you know, he's, he's still overhyped. So stop. Ooh, eight of hearts. Got nothing. Yeah, and I, for mine, it's Sincere McCormick. And I'm just going to say overhype because I think there are certain people overhyping him, like putting him in their top seven, top eight running backs. I don't see that. I don't see why he's getting that kind of hype. Um, I'm going to stay away from that. And I'm just not going to draft him because he's not someone out of the power five or, you know, he doesn't play there. He doesn't have the skills that I think would requisite for like a running back one or two in the league. Okay, so Kevin has a. Eight of clubs. <laughs> so we had like the same draw. So Christian won. Christian won the show. So we can do a quick game of blackjack. Um, but Christian is going to be the show winner. Wow. So, two in a row, Christian. That a boy. Yeah, that's right. rare. So like we're playing a little bit of blackjack. We ask a trivia question when we play blackjack. Uh, whenever you hit. And obviously you add or subtract your score, however it works. Christian's going to start us off with a, well, an ace and a two. Kevin has 18 and I've got 10. So, all right. So we'll ask Christian a question first. I got one. Christian, who is the shortest president in the United States history? The shortest president, man. I don't know. I'm so bad with history. I'm sorry, Kevin. I, <laughs> it's gotta be I, early. I, it's early. I'll give you that hint. Like it's not, it's, it's it was within the first five. John Adams. That was close. He's second shortest. James Madison was 5'4". Dang it. It's too bad. All right. Well, I think you busted, Christian. So, okay. Kevin, who was the last wide receiver selected in the 2021 NFL draft? Oh, Oh, I The last wide receiver selected last year? Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like I should know this, actually. You want the team? Uh, we give you the team. That's like an obscure question. What round was it? The seventh round? Well, seventh round, obviously. Okay, it's not obvious, Dick. Okay, uh, yeah, give me the team. We're gonna go ahead and give you give the me Washington, the, team. the Washington football teams. Oh, it's that one dude. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna get it. You can just tell me, but I, I know. I think it, it's not Diami. It's the other guy. It's Dax Milne. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. All right. You busted. So we're done. We get Christian gets his <laughs> spotlight. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't prepare cause this has never happened. But uh, one thing that happened today in the Debbie world is Ajayi Hall apparently got kicked off of the Alabama team, but then he didn't. And the main thing that I wanted to take from that, I I'm super high on it, uh, on his talent, on Hall's talent as a, uh, just a, a very young raw but physically athletic dude. Uh, but what you have to kind of come to terms with in the Debbie and C2C space is you are going to have massive misses. Like if I ranked 
Ajayi Hall in my top 10 receivers right now and he got kicked off of Alabama, I look pretty dumb, but that's okay because that happens all the time. If you're new to Debbie, if you're new to C2C, that's going to happen. Uh, it's not like Dynasty where if you miss and you continue missing, you're in trouble. With Debbie, you can just rage quit the league like some people do. No, I'm. what you can do is kind of just come to terms with the fact that you're not going to hit on all these guys because there's so much about these kids that we don't know. Uh, and the parts that we don't know are oftentimes the most important parts. So I hope he's on the team, by the way. That's that's my last point here. Don't rage quit your leagues, and I apologize for uh, <laughs> it, it happened once, and and it was a long it was a long time building, and I'm sorry to that that happened, but okay, that's that. It happens, but I, I think to Chris's point, especially Debbie, you're gonna have misses. Dudes miss all the time, and just regular fantasy. Debbie is so hard because we don't see these kids, and we don't know what's going on in the background, and. Uh, and, and it's just one of those things you can't take the misses a lot. And and now with you know, just do what all the big guys do. They just delete shit and pretend like it never happened. All right. So next week we will be back on April 12th. We'll be on at 9:30 Eastern. Until then, I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J Bell Tolls. And I'm Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale.